What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrTsTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. We've made it through another week of NFL football. This week, you could arguably say it was the best week. Not for Schreff, but in general, uh, many, many uh, exhilarating games um, that we'll get to briefly here. And... Um, yeah, welcome back, folks. Two, I think it's episode two eleven. Um, we're going to be talking about some coaches too, who we think are, you know, the top five coaches at the moment, who are the bottom five coaches at the moment, who may be on the hot seats um, as we finish out the season and potentially right after the season's over. Um, so we'll be getting to that and our picks at the end of the show as well. Um, we all went. I was telling uh, Shref Jack, and I don't know if you noticed, but, uh, but we all went two and one. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a wash this week, but we'll see uh, how we fare with, with when we get to it at the end of the show here today. Um, but without further ado, I want to get right into the Eagles rant of the week because it is sure to be a different one than um, than the previous first two months of the season. And, uh, yeah, I want to hear what Trev says. I was at the game, so I saw kind of what happened. Um, Of course, I I made my biggest bet of the season, and I included A.J. Brown 60-plus yards. Um, So that did not work out at all. But enough of my bet. No one cares about that. Trev, go ahead. Floor is yours. Yeah, I was was telling Jack before we started, you guys are going to get an actual rant this time out of me a little bit. This is a for for the podcast. This is a great day for me. Just an awful day. Um. So, for the day, oof, he's fitting for this one. Um. So normally, I feel like when I do this, I will do a little more. I'll I'll dive into stats a little bit more. This time, I'm just going like a little more overall, kind of what I was seeing, how I'm feeling about this. Um. So for starters, uh, Eagles had plenty of opportunities to win this game. They did. Cer- they certainly did not deserve to win it. I'm going to start with that because obviously this is a team that has not experienced a loss until right now. Um, this is obviously me trying to, you know, like make myself feel better about the loss. But long term for this team, I think it's a way better to lose this game 
way that I think about it is I wouldn't want them to get like a false sense of security thinking that that they could play the way they played and still win a game like that. Um, so in a way, like uh, probably a good a good learning lesson, but nonetheless, uh, one of the more frustrating games I've watched in a while. Uh, offense, I thought overall was fine. Um, you guys obviously watched the game uh, just like worst time turnovers pretty much of all time, it felt like. Uh, you had the Hurts uh, interception in the first half. Um, that was not a bad throw, just a bad decision. I literally, sorry to interrupt you. I literally said the same exact thing that I said yeah. to my friend who took me to the game. I said, "Yeah, that was actually a good throw, but it was a bad decision to throw it there." I literally said that exact. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's that's one of those like the whole year with, with Jalen. It hasn't been the decision making. It's been just kind of the throws once in a while. So that was kind of a, a reversal of it. So, but the, you know, that's one of those ones like that's AJ Brown. Like you want to make a play. I'm I'm not going to fault him too much for that. Then you get the the deep ball to Quez Watkins, um, and then he fumbles. So that that's a tough one, obviously. And then uh, and then I mean the big one of the night was the Dallas Goddard uh, fumble with some extra caveats added onto it. Um, I'm not gonna harp on it because you guys will agree it was uh, just just a very poorly officiated game all the way around. Plenty of plenty of calls that bailed out both teams. I thought. Uh, the ones that went against the Eagles just happened to be at worst times. Um, so that was unfortunate. The offense as a whole, I thought was fine. Uh, I thought they got away from the run game too much in the first half. I believe Miles Sanders had one carry um, in the first half. Obviously, that is part to time of possession, which I'm going to get, which I, which I will get into. Don't you guys worry. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not going to harp on the offense too much just because I, I thought that the performance they had was more of a product of what was going on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, losing Dallas Goddard is going to hurt. Uh, going to monitor that situation. Not sure exactly how long he'll be out for, but it seems like it could be for an extended period of time. So that's certainly something to monitor because he has he been... plays on IR today. Yeah, so that'll be at least, what, four so minimum weeks. four weeks, yep. So, yeah, so not not ideal. Um, Stoll, Stoll's been a decent backup for them. And then Grant uh, Calcaterra, I believe, is the, is how you say his name. He's gonna kind of have to step up as the like receiving tight end a little bit more, so not ideal. But we'll we'll see how that. I'm not gonna make a judgment on that till next week. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, oh boy. Um, the only stat that I have in my notes is the just over 40 minutes of possession that Washington had versus the just under 20 minutes of possession that the Eagles had during the game. Um, oh. Yeah. This was a bad defensive performance in all facets. It started with the run game. Um, just consistently throughout the night, it was just have been one or two yard gains were six yard gains, uh, and it was just constant. And they they there was nothing nothing happening behind the line of scrimmage. It was all that first line of defense couldn't get through. Um, Fletcher Cox, I think, uh, might be officially kind of past the prime. Um, just he he just doesn't seem as dominant as he once was. He's not getting through blockers well, uh, and he he got exposed a little just because obviously without Jordan Davis he's he has to step up a little bit more. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he played like 80 percent of defensive snaps, which for an Eagles D line that was always touted as having all these rotational guys, not exactly what I, what I want to see. Um, so yeah, they couldn't stop the run, and then in turn with that you had a lot of third and manageables. 
and they converted pretty much all of them. Middle of the field was wide open. Uh, not really getting consistent pressure on Heineke throughout the night. Terry Slay forgot how to play cornerback for a night. Terry McLaurin took advantage of that. Um, also just bad defensive scheming on Gannon's part. Like you, I think they, they caught they caught Terry McLaurin after his one catch saying, like, why are you putting a safety on me? They had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson like almost manning him like for some of the night, and it just never went well. Um, but yeah, that that was this is kind of all that's been going through my mind. Jonathan Gannon uh, seems has maybe been I don't know. It just like Jason Jordan Davis is apparently like the biggest loss like in the history of losses because it like right this defense looks like night and day from what it was, and not not in a good way. Um, so yeah, that, that's about all I got for the game overall. Um, obviously, I'm not hitting the panic button. It's they're they're eight and one. They're they're not a bad football team. Run defense, however, is gonna have to get fixed. Um, you're going up against Jonathan Taylor. You're going up against Derrick Henry. Going up against the duo of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Lot lot of good rushing attacks that are going to be coming. Two Saquon matchups. What? Two Saquon matchups too. Yeah, that's like they there. There's a lot coming up that they that they're gonna have to get ready for. They signed. Uh, like, why did I just lose his name in my head? Um. Uh, Linval Joseph, right? Yeah, Linval Joseph. That, that's that's the name I was looking for, I believe. Um, like, fine, I get it. Like, bringing in extra bodies, these big guy, like, run stuff, that's what he does. But he's 34, can't expect too much out of him. The Robert Quinn trade so far has kind of proven the same thing so far. So it doesn't look too good. I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. I think, I think this Colts game coming up is going to be uh, a good benchmark. Um like, I mean, it seems like this Colts team under Saturday might not be, like, the worst team ever. So, and obviously going against Jonathan Taylor, if they can win this game decisively, then I will not be worrying anymore. Right now, there's a very slight level of concern, though, over the, the defensive side of the football. So, you guys can let me know what you thought, but that's about all I got. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned it, but the penalty at the very end of the game, uh, yeah. when he gave himself up and he was tapped. Um, yeah, yeah, not not sh- shouldn't have been called, but again, I, I'm not I'm not super surprised that they called it. I was gonna say that that's one of those ones where like I that was like an instant one for me where it's like yeah, obviously as a fan as a fan of that team you're gonna get pissed because like you look at it, it's like that's the weakest call of all time and obviously it is, but they call it every time. That's how they've always called it. That's that's what's gonna happen. I I the part that I got more upset about, and I said this in the group chat, but and this is me just being a, a salty Eagles fan, but Heineke got up from that after if if you watch the slow mo, he he sold it a little bit. He did sell it a little bit. Um he gets up and gives you that little first down thing like 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 he just made the biggest play of his career. And like actually I guess technically he might have. But it's like I was just like, come on, man! Like, like you got to save that celebration for something a little bit, a little bit more grand. I feel like, but that's that's just me being an Eagles fan and being upset. Yeah, I mean, he did look like a dweeb a little bit doing it, but again, he he's probably also just really didn't... cool. All, all of his post game stuff, I, I, everything I'm seeing on social media, he seems like such a cool dude. It's like I can't get I can't get that mad at him. I don't know. He probably just he just got caught up in. I mean, it's yeah, you just it's won the game, right? he clinched it. So yeah, it's all good. Caught up in the moment, so. Like that fun here. Um, yeah, I mean, and also you mentioned Miles Sanders only one rushing only one rushing attempt in the first half. I believe I didn't verify this, but I think they had only two team attempts in the first half. 
Yeah, I, I believe it, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think it was Miles Sanders um, one rush, and I think it was the Jalen Hurts QB draw on the first play after the uh, after the fumble recovery. And his touchdown, so I guess three. Technically. Three maybe total, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. I don't – maybe Boston Scott got, like, one carry mixed up. I'm not 100% sure, but it, it was certainly, like, maybe a handful at most. But, like, complete opposite of how they've kind of put their offense. Like, the, the way that their – when their offense has been clicking at its best, it's been establishing that run, and then it's been opening up the pass, which they just – they skipped over a step, so. Um. It, Shref noted the time of possession was so it's like what forty one to nineteen. It was, it was like forty twenty six to like nineteen thirty something. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And the Commanders rushed the ball forty nine times. They averaged three yards a carry. Their longest run was Brian Robinson of eleven, and then the next longest was a seven yard run. So it was just Shref. You said in our group chat, this is death by a thousand paper cuts. Like they were rushing. Like, it was third and three, it, like every it was third and three every time, and then it would either be another run or someone would be wide open across the middle every single time. Yeah, like all these rushes were just like three, four, five yards, like not even like three to four yards rushes every time, and yeah, it just got it done. It was interesting to see how that unfolded, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah, and Heineke really like there he is. He made some very good throws. I know he didn't have a. Don't believe he had a touchdown pass, right? No, he went yeah. seven to, seventeen to twenty nine, two hundred eleven yards, one interception. Yeah, he was just he was efficient. Just looking at that stat line, you're not going to think he had a great game, but he he just by looking at him, he did make some really good throws. Um, all, all down, he had a great decision to go down there in the corner. Um, oh, but other than that, I mean, I was pretty impressed with how he played. He made some very good throws. But like, I didn't dive too deep in it. I I, I want to see what his third down like completion percentage was like third down passer rating. Like it had to have been absurd. Like they, they got every first down. And right. Like third, it was, it, it was always, it was like third and six, third and five, third and four. And every time it was just, you, you knew, you knew that they were going to run it and they were going to run it for three yards or four yards, both times. And then if they got down to it, it would be a little pass and someone would be wide open because they were playing soft in coverage. And it would, uh, oof. oof. Yeah, they they had uh, twenty one third downs, and there were there were twelve twenty one, which that's that seems like a lot of third down opportunities. But oh yeah, um, compared to the Eagles, were five of eight, so way way less opportunities. That's like the, it's it's such a shame. It's such a because like the offense really did. I like I really thought the offense played pretty well. Like they stalled out maybe once or twice, and then obviously the turnovers. But I like I really I chalk a lot of that up to the fact that they, like they couldn't get in a groove because they would you'd have your drive and then they'd be waiting legit like seven minutes to get, to get back on the field. True. Well, he was right back at it with the Colts. Um, I know they won. I know they won this week, but as I said last week, I think I had when I, when we did our predictions, I had them winning this week and then losing out the rest of the season. Uh Don't think the Colts are so good at all. So it could just be what the uh, doctor prescribed. In terms of the Eagles getting right back on track, but I don't. I still think they're a good football team, but we're no, they are. Jonathan Taylor scares me though a little bit. Yeah, right. But I don't know. Um. Okay. Time to talk about the Steelers. Oh, good win. Oh, did you even? Did you? <laughs> do you forgot we were going to talk you about? Forgot the about your team. I didn't know we were going to, but I'll we. 
I can say a few words. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jack has the all 22 footage of every game. So, and he, I think you watched it all, right? Uh, every offensive play, maybe? I watched, yeah. Not from the all 22, like the, the all 22 angle, but just the condensed, re, like, just rewatch the game. Yeah. All, all offensively for the Steelers. What were your takeaways? Well, I sent you a long paragraph or message, didn't I? Or is that just temp I sent that to? You sent it to me. Go ahead and reference that if you'd like. Yeah, I'll pull it up then. Um, Why the heck not? So, Kenny's stat line, I didn't write it down, but let's see if I remember it. It was He was 18 of 30, 199, no passing touchdowns. Um, but he had eight carries, seven car- seven or eight carries for 51 yards and a touchdown on the ground. That's exactly right. Nice. Okay. Um, so Kenny didn't look great in the first half. He missed some throws early that he's should have made, uh, that I would expect him to make, uh, of his 12 incompletions. He went 18 of 30. I'd say six of them. So half of them were should have been completed passes they were just inaccuracies on his part uh however he did improve upon that from the first second half of the six passes that i thought were his fault um five of them came in the first half and only one or so in the second half uh the rest were essentially like throwaways so uh his two most impressive passes he made a nice conversion to Pickens on third down, another deep ball to Deontay, which I think went for what, like 50-ish yards? 40 to 50 yards. Um, What else I got here? 46 yards. Was not protected well. He got sacked six times. And I sent Mitchell, Mitchell, I sent you some just blown missed blocks by Kevin Dotson. And... um. I deemed about only two of those, two of the six sacks of Kenny's fault. Um, ran the ball well. What else do I have here? So overall, I grade his passing uh, from Sunday as subpar. Uh, however, the run game was completely opened up. We rushed for 217 yards, which was the most the Steelers have rushed for in a single game since 2016. Uh, Najee ran great. He averaged. Do you know what he averaged per carry, Mitchell? Was it close? I think it was close to six. No, was it five point seven? It was five. He had twenty for nine. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we can build upon that next week against Cincinnati because they can be ran on. Uh, I believe in just terms of pure rushing defense, they were. uh, I don't remember. I want to say like low twenties. Um. And by, I mean, Coach Cower, I call him Coach Cower, he hasn't been the Steelers coach in, what, 15 years. But Bill Cower said uh, for a rookie quarterback that you, it's ideal that you need to uh, lean on your rushing game to let him develop. And I'm hoping this can continue uh, to take the load off of Kenny because we've asked him to do a lot um, so far. And I thought Canada called a slightly better game. our offense should have scored 26 points, but our backup kicker, what Matt Matthew Wright is his name, Mitchell? Yeah. Yes. Um, missed two field goals, so could have had 26 points. Um, I mean, that's not what we should be shooting for every week, but it's better than like 17. 
Um, yeah, so I guess that was my whole spiel. I kind of got a little more defensive of Kenny. I mean, you can expect that. But Steelers Twitter is just like, everyone's tweeting, oh, Kenny's not the guy. But like, I think just most are just don't watch, don't understand how young quarterback develops because they haven't seen one in this era of football. They haven't seen one since 2004. So, um, yeah. That's all. What do you, anything to add, Mitchell or Shreff? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of address your last point there about, not your point, but your observation of how Steelers Twitter uh, was very negative um, in terms of what I and you as well saw as like the general consensus on this game that labeling him as not the guy. I, I was kind of surprised by that because I don't, I don't know. He didn't turn the ball over. That too. I should have noted that because that was that's been the big issue, biggest issue. People, if you look at the stat sheet that you can make of critique of him, you could say, but yeah, protected the ball very well. No, no interceptions, no fumbles. Right, and then he 250 total yards and a touchdown. Um, that's exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't. Maybe you're you don't get uh, validation in thinking that he is like further validation, but. I certainly wouldn't like my opinion of him being the franchise quarterback wouldn't regress as a result of his performance. You know what I mean? If anything, it would just stay the same, but I was encouraged by how he played. Um, yeah. And I mean, you, you touched on the run game that talk, we, we talked about the Eagles time possession, which was a little bit more of a disparity, but the Steelers really dominated too. It was 38, uh, 39 minutes almost to 21 minutes. So pretty much right where the Eagles game was. I mean, you just look at the rushing numbers. I mean, we rushed for 43 times for 217 yards. The Saints rushed 15 times for 29 yards. That's just absolutely dominating in the trenches in the run game. And maybe Canada listened to Hogline because he kind of he did what we said. I mean, Jalen Warren gets nine carries and uh, three catches. So he gets 12 touches. Najee gets 20 touches. So I think, like, that was a good balance. And, you know, I think it made head headlines this week as well that apparently Najee at first was not too keen on the idea of a committee, but he's kind of coming around to it and is more appreciative of kind of how uh, spelling him could also not only be more effective for our offense, but also prolong his career. Um, he said something along the lines of that. That's not a direct quote, um, but he 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 was uh, praising Jalen Warren and kind of, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, last thing I'll say on the game is TJ Watt, although he didn't have a sack, his impact was heavily felt. Highsmith had yeah. two sacks and was the AFC defensive player of the week. Um, and if anyone hasn't seen, we're one and nine without him. We let up around five more points per game and get about two less sacks without him. So he's just crazy. Yeah. Like he's a total game changer. And Jack was, it's not a hyperbole what Jack said throughout these past weeks that we would we legitimately have two to three more wins with, if he was healthy for the entire season. That is certainly not outlandish to say whatsoever. Oh, Jack. Um, oh, you, okay. You said, I thought that was something about what I just said, but I saw that tweet as well. Um, Jack just sent a tweet in our group message, uh, in our group chat, excuse me, comparing Kenny Pickett's first six games to Matthew Stafford's first six games by some Twitter account. I saw that tweet as well, and I didn't really – I don't understand what they were trying to make there. It was kind of a weird thing to tweet. 
weird thing to say. I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird. First of all, it was over a decade ago that it was Matthew right. Stafford's rookie season. Two yes. different teams, and I don't know. Just because a guy had a bunch of interceptions and another guy has a bunch of interceptions, right? I don't, know. I, I don't really see the parallel they were trying to make there. No, that, I I get know? your point with that. The only thing I so about that tweet, I think when we did our 2027 quarterback rankings. I said I could see Kenny's ceiling or not ceiling, just like, I don't think he'll be an MVP one day, but like I could very well see him being a Matt Stafford and like, I'm fine with, like, I'm good with that. And you can, if you look, if you click on the tweet and you see all the replies to the tweet, everyone's just like clowning the comparison, like saying how it's Matt Stafford, but like, he's just like, I I feel like he should be a more respected quarterback. Um, I mean, if you draft Ma- a Matt Stafford in the first round, like I'm gonna take that every time. Like that's a quarterback you can build around, you can build a team around. So like, I know it's a stretch. Like just picking their first six career games, circumstances are different and all. But comparing Kenny Pickett to Matt Stafford, like I'm, I would be happy with a Matt Stafford. I would um, too. I mean, maybe maybe people are just kind of saying that because of he's not having a good season. Uh, that also could be it. Yeah, Matt Stafford. That is right. right. Um, and the last thing I guess we can end on is the tweet above that that I sent you. Um, and Mitchell, you probably recall the play. Um, it was in the third quarter. Kenny, which like I didn't even really think about it. Didn't see how great this pass was in the moment, but he put the ball in a place where. Najee went up and I don't forget what the route was, but Najee ended up like see it was about the twenty one yard line. It was like a wheel route of some sort. Yeah, it was like a yeah, a wheel route. Najee ended up on the goal line and Kenny placed it very well over a defender, another one closing in. Um and if Najee makes that catch, which like it was catchable, he could have. It's a tough play, so I'm not knocking Najee too much, but if Najee makes that catch, then Steelers Twitter is probably back on Kenny because his stats would be one completion better and uh, 220 yards and a passing touchdown. So, like, just one simple thing like that can really just like change the opinion of if you look at only the stat sheet. Good point. Uh, I also do the last thing. I also want to shout out the Steelers just because you. Did it? Uh, you you inadvertently helped the Eagles, so I appreciate that. True, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy that the Eagles are the best record, tied for the best yeah. record in the league, and they currently was, hold the top five pick. It's pretty cool. I was uh, I was daydreaming today about them drafting Jalen Carter and having him and Jordan Davis reunited. That'd be cool. Or Will yeah. Anderson. Yeah, well, I'm not reuniting. Also, yeah, I mean, it like we'll be interested to see. I mean, because I mean, I don't see how the Saints are going to get better anytime soon. Um, so if if this pick does end up being as high as it is, I'm interested to see what happens, just because of the fact that there are a couple quarterbacks that are going to be probably getting talked about up top. So like trade potentials and all, like it could be very, very like it could be a very interesting offseason with that pick, depending on where it ends up. Yeah, I. uh one qu- is this the this the Saints? They got this pick from the Saints because they trade up to get Olave. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. 
Um, and it also, I uh, if it's like a t- third pick overall, Hold I on, would interrupt you. I don't know if that's true. I thought they made the trade pre-draft. Um, because didn't the Eagles have three first-round picks? Yeah, but then they traded one of them for AJ Brown. And they, but yeah, then they only picked Jordan Davis in the first round, right? Yeah, Jordan Davis was their only first. So one of them they traded for AJ Brown, and then the other one they traded they traded with New Orleans. They traded down, and got their first. New Orleans didn't. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if New Orleans had a. I don't know if New Orleans had a first. I don't remember. They had two first because they got him and Trevor Penning, didn't they? Yeah, it was not. That tr- they used that pick to get Olave, but that wasn't for Olave. The Eagles traded 16, 19, and pick 194 for 18, 101, 237, 2023 first, and a 2024 second. And then Olave, they traded that 16th pick to move up to get Olave at 11. Hmm. There's something every day. I forgot about that. How about that? If they're picking top three, <laughs> like I guess there might be a lot of value there if a team's looking to get a quarterback, and like they can trade and get a couple other picks. But like a team, the Eagles are like are pretty complete. Like why not just add like a potential a more locked in like I was gonna say superstar. Like this is it's falling know. perfectly. It's falling kind of perfectly for them. Like let's say the Saints do get the fir- the the third pick, like that. Most likely would mean that it's going to be Houston and Carolina as one and two. They're probably both taking quarterback at that point. So, like, Eagles might be sitting there with a Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and, like, the D-line is the one thing that if you needed to upgrade something, like, yeah, Cox is old, Brandon Graham's old, Bob Hargrave's, like, 30 now. Like they, he's due for a new contract. They should bring him back. But yeah, like they could use like, like like that is the one position group that like you could look at and be like that needs like an immediate upgrade of some sort. But like it, it's kind of fallen perfectly. So I I hope that the Saints continue to be as bad as they've looked so far. And I think they already said that Dalton's starting again this weekend. So I I, I enjoy that. They yep, did. He is. Okay. All right, so uh, as I prefaced in the beginning of the show, we'll be talking about some coaches. We each have ranked our top five coaches at the moment uh, and our bottom five coaches at the moment. Which one would we, uh, would we like to start with here? Let's start with top. Sure. Okay. What's uh, five through one, I assume? Yeah, five through one. Okay. Yeah, we'll, go f- we'll each say our five and kind of how we did for the quarterback uh 2027 quarterback rankings so um jack was it jack or shreff's segment idea this is jack's segment idea okay so jack go first who's your fifth my fifth i put mike vrabel uh are we just gonna go around the around the horn and then we each say why i think that's what we did for the quarterbacks correct okay yeah. so uh, Oh, you so you go now? Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is going to be a wild one, but Mike McDaniel. Okay, that's not wild. I, I have him at eight. Maybe could flip and do seven. So he's right there for me. Okay, Jeff. I'll talk about McDaniel. I have. I have Nick Sirianni at five. Actually, 
Okay. At Sirianni at six. So also right there. All right. Um, I'm going to judge by your reaction. Do you guys have Mike Vrabel? I don't think you do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. Because I, Titans stink, and he's winning games with them, per usual. Yeah, you're the low guy on Vrabel. Yeah. Because I, I honestly forgot about him, and then I just like, threw him in there. Nope, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, the, the Titans have no business being as good as they are. Um, and that's, that's, not, that's not even – you can't even say it's a one-year fluke. They did the same exact thing last year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when you're that one-dimensional, especially when Malik Willis was playing the last couple weeks, and you're still winning games and keeping them close, like that is just a true testament to how quality of a coach you are. Because it's insane that you could throw the ball 10 times in this day and age in the NFL and still have success. So, yeah, it's just unreal. So, yeah, I I guess I won't say where I have him ranked yet, but, yes, higher I'm than not going to either, yeah. Um, Mike McDaniel. I'll just talk about him real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I mean, he really like what he's doing. Um, he is obviously very intelligent when, you know, scheming offensive plays. Um, he has Tua looking like an MVP candidate, which people were even questioning whether before this season, you know, it's always a question like, is he's going to have to prove it? I don't even know if he's going to be the long-term answer. Now he's the top three MVP candidate. So, I mean, obviously the addition of a top three wide receiver in the NFL helps, but you can't do that all, all by yourself. I mean, I think if they had a different coach, they wouldn't be in this spot right now. So he's, um, he's great, you know? Yeah, I, I, I love him, man. He's just so funny and goofy, but like he's obviously very smart. And uh, the Dolphins look really good. I mean, there's not, not much else to say there. So I know it's very early. And I guess if we were kind of – we kind of did this from my understanding to a kind of a this year specific, kind of what they're doing in the 2022 season. So, again, if this was kind of an overall considering past accolades and whatnot, it would probably be a little early to put him in the top five considering he's, a, he's only coached 10 games in the NFL. But, you know, you couldn't really have asked for a better start out of them. Yep. We'll talk about Mike yet. Let me talk about, I'll talk about Sirianni a little bit since I have him here. But yeah. uh, I would have loved to put him higher. But, like, at the end of the day, like, like, like with the roster he has, I mean, results that they're currently putting out are what I feel like everyone was kind of hoping to see or expecting to see. Either way, just, I mean the way that they've been able to figure out this offense so quickly. They're like the one, the, the credit that I've given him so far this year, mostly um, like as good as the acquisitions are that they've made, it's a lot of acquisitions. Like we're talking a new, we're talking a new cornerback, a new safety, new linebacker in there with Kaiser white, a new number one receiver. Hurts coming into a second year after what we saw last year, like just the, way that they were able to so quickly put everything together and look like they were all on the same page at once, it, it's been very impressive to see. So from that perspective with Sirianni, that, that's where I feel like he deserves to be on this top five. But obviously with the roster that they have, it's it's still hard to put him any higher than that. I have him at four. I did put him yeah. at four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, they're the best team in football. And Jalen Hurts' ascension in his plays – 
in no like you have to you'd be a fool not to mention Sirianni's hand in that. So um yeah, I think I have him at four. He does some things that kind of annoy me. So I it was a reluctant putting him at four, but I couldn't deny it. I mean they're you know, when when you're they're going to finish with 14 plus wins. Like that's the floor. So I mean, and I, when I think about it too, like obviously this was just for this year, but I think a, a big thing that like has kind of gotten overlooked is like when, when they fired Peterson like that, that situation could have gone so poorly just because of how good of a coach I do. I do still think Peterson is like, like he could have gotten replaced by just like an absolute fool. And he could have gone down a whole rabbit hole of like coach after coach it, like it, it seems like they might have nailed it first try. Like it, it's something that I feel like you don't really see too often. Yeah, outside of Pittsburgh, um, there's really yeah. there's no other stability, long, 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 long term stability. I mean, I, we've probably said it a couple times in this podcast, but we've literally had three coaches since my dad has been alive, and my dad was born Crazy. in 1959. So, Crazy. yeah, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a huge plus if you can not waste like a, a coaching cycle and you just you you find the heir apparent to a guy who had a lot of success right away that that's a, that's a huge plus so yeah i have him at four um who are your guys's fours i have one i don't think you guys will have him i got andy reed okay why yeah. wouldn't you think we have him I don't know. I forgot about him at first. So I'm like, wait, Andy Reid's good. He, I'll see, he's actually an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Okay. I have it four because I think he is leading the best team in football right now. And um, lost, I thought losing Tyreek Hill is going to be a much more significant impact. But he's replaced him with a couple of guys juju's emerged as i guess you could say their their lead guy but like just really anyone you throw in there carries tony this week like the schemes at that that offense i guess you can credit the enemy and mahomes as well but um just how they operate as offense is incredible and i thought it was more much more reliant on tyree kill but it clearly wasn't isn't so uh, hats off to Andy Reid what he's done this season and the Chiefs so far. Yeah, he was um he just missed the cut for me. The guy that I have it for, this is something I'm about to say something that I never thought I'd say, boys. The, <laughs> I have <laughs> I have Meet Carroll cut coming in at four for me. I uh I couldn't have been more wrong about because uh, I mean I I'm sure in about ten or so minutes we're probably gonna get into uh flip side of what I'm about to say here, but I, I, I thought with Russ leaving that, that like, I, I thought Seattle was done. I thought Pete Carroll was finally going to get exposed for what I thought he was. And like, there, there was certainly, there were certainly, there, there's been times in the past where it was very clearly a, a coaching issue more than a, a Russell Wilson issue. But here, I mean, along with Gina Smith, who's looked incredible, they the offense is like efficient and like very fun to watch. And then the defense has a lot of young. They they have a lot of young guys. I think that that was honestly, obviously, like losing Russ was big, but like you still had the weapons. You still had DK. You still had Lockett. Like you knew the offense could probably figure some stuff out. 
And then, but on defense, it, a lot of young guys stepping up too, like Tariq Woolen, right off the top of my head, has been like an an unreal corner for them so far. But it's just it's he, he's gotten the most out of this roster. He's taken advantage of the fact that the West has been it, as a whole, I would say, a little weak. Obviously, the Niners are starting to turn it around here, but I mean, the Rams are a, a, a dumpster fire. Cardinals can't can never seem to really figure it out. So like the. I don't know. He's just he's coaching a really good football team right now, and it, it's just it's been very impressive. And he has uh, has changed my mind at least for this season. So for these rankings, he makes it for me. Uh, I have a third. Here we go. Look at that. Uh, and I also I saw a stat today. I believe I have this right. There's been three cornerbacks since 2010 to have five plus interceptions. Tariq Willen being one of them. And the other two being uh, Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, isn't he a safety, actually? I guess maybe it was just defensive backs. But Can you say that again? There's been the- three, three cornerbacks since 2010 to have five-plus interceptions in their rookie season. Tariq Woolen, and the other two are Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. So something about these Seahawks defensive players that go off their rookie season. Maybe it's Pete Carroll. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's impressive. I missed the rookie part. Um, okay. So, and I, I for some reason, I, I just blanked for a second that Trayvon Diggs wasn't a rookie last year. I thought he was for some reason. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what about Trayvon year. Diggs? But, um, yeah, that, that is a good stat. I also have him at three. I don't know if you heard me there. But, yeah, he's he's turning. I mean, I just, I just couldn't believe it. I could not foresee this happening. Like, there, I don't really think any, anyone really did. I don't even know if Seahawks fans oh, I'd have to go back and listen. I they might have they might have been my worst record prediction. Or yeah, I think they were definitely they a bottom three team. So. I think they yeah. were my worst record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, but that it, it works out well because my my three is Mike McDaniel, who we talked about already. So I, okay. I love that man. And like I for me with that, like Miami was is was starting. It felt like Miami was starting to become one of those teams where like it felt like they were just like never going to put it together like a lions type of deal where it like, it's just like, I don't, I don't like foresee a way that like this team could ever figure something out. And this guy walks in and just like getting the most out of Tua who like, I feel like we, if, if you watch the games enough, like you see that the concerns that we had about Tua are still there. But McDaniel's offense is just like overpowering the maybe like overall lack of skill that Tua might have. Like it, it like, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. I mean, Tyreek is somehow like better in Miami. I didn't know that was possible, but he, he's better, I guess. Um, he's just so young, and he just already has such a command of the team and like just a knowledge of football. It, it's very impressive. Yes, I I concur. Yeah, he's definitely. I'm glad that I I feel validated in putting him in my top five because I wasn't sure yeah. how that would be received. Um, my number two, we already talked about. I have Mike Vrabel at number two. Also Vrabel at number two. Yeah. Um, who is your two, Jack? My two is Robert Sala. Whoa. I was actually, I was going to talk about this, and I will talk about this then. Uh, I mean, this Jets team, I thought would be horrible. And his this defense he's put together, well, I guess it shouldn't have been... too much of a surprise, him being such a great defensive mind. Um, 
they're six and three, and they're extremely limited, in my opinion, by their quarterback, which is the most important position, and he still has them uh, currently second in the AFC East, which no one saw that coming. Um, like they were probably along with like other than the Seahawks, who everyone probably predicted to be. I'm just trying to. Th- I'm looking at divisions right now, and like preseason, I think the Jets were like most like most predicted to be finished last in their division because and, and another team come to mind for you guys maybe the seahawks which obviously was wrong as well um i are don't know saying, like considering all the teams that are good that were projected to be last in the division just think of okay texans too just think i'm just thinking of all the divisions preseason and like i think consensus for the afc west Oh, was the Jets Chicago, Chicago's consensus for the North, I'm assuming, too. But more consensus than the Jets? Um, probably not. Uh, I mean, people were low on the Patriots, too. I was, but yeah, I, I still had the Jets lower. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, mean, yeah. I don't agree that, that the Jets were supposed to be the bottom feeders. And they didn't even, like, Wilson was hurt. Too. I know Wilson's not good, in my opinion. Uh, but... He was hurt and put Flacco in there, and they were still decently successful. Um, yeah, it's just been very impressive to me. Yeah. No, I mean, he's done a great job. So, can't really push back too much on that. Uh, who is your... Do you have Andy Reid number one, Trev? Oh, you had no. an honorable mention. Uh, uh, I have Andy Reid number one. Have Brian Dable at number one. I also have Brian Dable one. Mitch, you don't have Brian Dable in your top five? Crazy. No. Whoa. I I mean I can I, I'll go first. I uh. He'd be six if I had to do it. But um, I didn't go to the year though. But I mean I feel like that's different because I feel like guys like Andy Reid, like he's never gonna win coach of the year, you know. But I still yeah, think I he's agreed. My, you know, it's weird, but. I think for Dable, is that I mean Saleh I think is the only other one that like kind of has an argument. But even then, like their their rushing attack and their their defense like had like like sauce has emerged. But like the Giants coming into this year, even though I liked Dable coming in, I didn't see like any any form of logical way that this team could have like possibly been like good, let alone are they six and two seven and two seven and two good like that crazy he's made he's made daniel jones look like a very high level game manager which is something that i never thought he could be because the whole point of being a game manager is to you know efficient drives not turn the ball over which was his biggest problem and he just really hasn't been turning the ball over this year at i mean Obviously, Daniel Jones, I'm sure, has put in a lot of work and like it's been impressive. But like, coaching clearly has something to do with that. And it just like it seems I don't know like they keep finding ways to win these these fourth quarter these fourth quarters for them have been like he Dable's kind of like the anti Shanahan. Shanahan's always had like the big fourth quarter issues. Dable seems to thrive in it in the in those pressure situations. And yet for me, like especially in this in this division where the Eagles and the Cowboys like 
two of the teams that everyone's kind of putting up there. The fact that the Giants aren't aren't just hanging around, but like legitimate contenders in the division, it, it for me it's easily the most impressive coaching job that that has been done so far this year. Anything else, Jack, that you'd like to add to that? Oh, I think Shref said it perfectly, and I like I looked at the standings yesterday or after this week. Like the Giants having seven wins, crazy. Like I, I think there's. I thought their ceiling this this year would be like six, and they're already at seven in week nine, whatever week ten. Took their over and wins at seven and a half before the season started, and I thought like I because I was like in my head I was like I like Dable. I think he'll be able to get them some wins. I didn't think I'd be on the <laughs> on the verge of cashing the bet in this week. Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it's, me not having him in the top five is not a – I didn't mean for it to be a slight at him. Um, you guys made good points for sure. And there's a lot of guys that are having great years um, and really turning their teams around and having nice surprises. Um, I guess that's a good segue into – let's talk about guys that are not having their teams uh, turn around at all um, and talk about who we think the bottom five coaches of this year are. Um, I think Jack went first with the with the top five. So, Shreff, you can go first. Who is your 28th ranked uh, coach in the NFL right now? Um, I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this one. I uh, th- This was a tough one for me to put in here because... Uh, as oh, a hold man, on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to preface this. I should have said we are not including... Uh, Jeff Saturday or Steve Wilkes. Uh, we okay. decided to not, not judge the interim head coaches at this time. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Because yeah, I wanted to put Saturday as my number one on the top coaches after after this performance. So I'm I'm glad that we set that I'm glad that we set that precedent. Um, but as I was saying, I, I I didn't want to do this, but I was looking around and I was like, we're talking about expectations versus performance. I and Campbell is my my 28th ranked head coach um 25th would, oh yeah i'm stupid excluding the interims but oh, yes yeah, oh yes yeah true excluding the interims that, that's a fair point um yeah i uh i love the man I, I love his passion for the game but i mean we we talked about them pretty extensively in our in our preseason that I, I think with the skill positions that they that they upgraded at like they I think we all just kind of thought that with the roster they had, they were going to show out a little bit. I mean, they've had chances this year. Packers don't look as good as as people maybe thought they were going to be. Chicago's starting to get a little better, but certainly still not a great team. Like they're they've had their chances, and that they just they struggle to find ways to win. Um, and I mean, the roster still isn't what you'd want it to be, but I I think Campbell had a lot less excuses this year than he did last year, and he hasn't done much more with it so he's he 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 just snuck in on this list for me i have dan campbell at 19 um i think his roster isn't as good as it was advertised in the offseason um i mean starting with the the wide receiver group, like outside of Amon Ra, who's emerged as like a very good wide receiver, Jameson Williams still isn't here. Um, 
DJ Chark hasn't been available. They traded TJ Hawkinson, so they're pass catchers. Like they're throwing the guy like uh, what's his name? Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond. Yeah, Khalif Raymond. And is it like no, no? Josh Reynolds is on a, a. Is he on the Lions? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and there's like just not that much talent I see. Um, from the skill position guys, because DeAndre Swift hasn't looked great this year. If you watch, if you watch the film, oh yeah. Um, and also, Jared Goff has been solid, but I mean, he's only he thrives when the talent around him is at is high. So, um, a lot of the things I can't really fault Campbell on. So that's why I had him at nineteen. I I, I don't think. So like towards the bottom half of the thirty, but like you think he's it's egregious a... for him to be where I have him? Uh it's not that bad. If I mean he did string the lines have strung together like two wins in recent weeks, so if they ha- don't have those two wins, I think it's definitely fair, but I think he's uh earned a little bit more after those two wins in the past couple weeks. It, 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 it was a close one for me. I uh I don't know. I just I, like like you said, like golf. Golf has been solid this year. Just the like you said, these last two weeks they they've they've looked a little bit better in terms. I mean, obviously that Packers win was huge, but it like I don't know. It feels like as a whole, so far this season they've they've had a decent amount of opportunities to win games, and it it feels like late game they just haven't been able to figure it out. And I mean, even in that Bears game this past weekend, like it, it, that game was that that game was a weird one. Like the the scoring was it just kept going, and bears the bears just kind of stopped scoring eventually. So like it, like yeah, I don't know. I threw him in yeah. there. I love I him. Just, He's still one of my like favorite guys in terms of right. coaches. But it, it, you know, I had to do it unfortunately. Coincidentally, I just rewatched that condensed game, the Lions Bears, right before we started recording. It was a good one. Fun game. Yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna say majorly egregious. I'm gonna say slightly egregious. Um, yeah, like what Jack said, I think we, we meaning me and also maybe a little bit of the general population kind of overrated the, the, the Lions roster in the preseason, especially on the defensive end. I kind of neglect, everyone was kind of caught up in, oh, they have a great offensive line. You know, they, they drafted Jamison Williams. They have these two great backs. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown's a stud. Hawkinson's a solid tight end and they kind of got we, we all kind of I feel like kind of got caught up in that and neglected the fact that this defense still has a long long way to go um yeah. and they're pretty brutal like anyone can run on them it's like they can't stop anyone on the, on the ground um so that's like a major major component that I didn't really not that I neglected but like I definitely should have probably put more emphasis on um, they're three and six now, and I had them. I had them winning like nine games, I think, in my in my uh, pre in the preseason projections. However, I think their win total was like six, six and a half, and they, they'll probably finish around there. So I think they're kind of meeting expectations, um, and they, they just weren't quite. They didn't meet my high expectations. I think they're kind of meeting where they probably should have been. Hey, you had them in the playoffs, didn't you? Uh, I think I might have. You had him sneak. I'd, I think you had him in the seven seed. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I still think they'll win around six games, which is I think fair. And 
you know, I mean, they were they were a three thirteen and one club last year, going and then winning three more games. It's it's a step in the right direction. It's still not where you want it to be, but um, don't think quite he's bottom five at the moment. But uh, who, uh, Jack? Who is your twenty fifth? Actually, be twenty sixth, but twenty sixth. Sorry, right? Uh, kind of a surprise. I have Kevin Stefanski. Hmm, I don't mind that. I mean, about he was a coach of the year, what, in 2020? So not too far removed from that, but um, I know the Browns are without Deshaun Watson, uh, but it's not like they had a Deshaun Watson-level quarterback last year. And, like, Brissett, I think, is pretty comparable to, like, Baker last year, who was, like, playing injured for a lot of the season. Um... They what is what's their record? They're three and six. They've lost. They just fell apart against the Jets. That was a a bad loss they had. Uh, I'm pretty sure they lost the Falcons by a field goal. Uh, they should just have a lot more wins than not a lot. I guess they have three. They should have a few more wins and just look better in general than they have. Like the the uh, the defense is still has the talent that it had like last year and I guess mostly in 2020 um, I just feel like they should be better even though Brissett's at the helm and like Brissett has been Brissett like he's just been okay like he's been getting by and like they're not losing games because of Brissett in my opinion um, they have Amari Cooper look great so like they have a one the best receiver they've had and I don't know. I can't. Josh Gordon, like, I guess Jarvis Landry produced them for them a couple years, but they have oh, really? and DPJ looks solid too, and Njoku. So like they have the and of course the running game is spectacular. So like they have the pieces there, and I feel like if you insert Watson or quarterback of that caliber into this roster, you would expect this team to like be in the playoffs, but even with Watson in there, I don't I don't see them being a playoff team. Yeah, they um they've lost four games by a field goal or less. This right. So yeah again I don't I don't quite have them in my bottom five. Um and you know again it, it's a rough situation. I mean I yeah Jacoby Brissett I, I don't know. I don't think I don't know. I don't. I, th- I think he's still. I don't. Know. I know you were kind of saying he's like not losing them this game, but he's just he doesn't do anything for me. He's so like not dynamic whatsoever. Like he's not a playmaker. So, True. um. So yeah, that's why I don't quite quite have him down there. Um, my twenty sixth is Matt Eberflus. Um, I know you know Justin Fields has really come onto the scene in the past month. Uh, however, I don't really know necessarily if it's due to Iberflus, really. I don't really think he has much of an impact there. I think it's just I can kind of chalk it up to natural progression of a second-year quarterback. And also, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd credit Luke Getze a little bit more over um, Iberflus in that kind of development. Um, so, and, you know, Iberflus is you know defensive-minded head coach. The Bears' defense still wasn't very good. I think I looked it up. I think they're 26th against the run in yards allowed and 25th points per game. So 
I mean, you, they're not really, I don't know. I mean, it's, their defense doesn't really look good. I mean, I think I saw a stat. The Bears are the first team in NFL history to score 29-plus uh, points in three straight games and lose all of them, I think. I don't know if you guys saw that or can verify that. But, they, yeah, they've literally lost 29-49 to the Cowboys, 35-32 to the Dolphins, and 31-30 to the Lions. So defense isn't looking good. That's supposed to be Iberflus' strong suit. And again, I guess it's good. You know, you want to see your young quarterback play well, and he really has. Um, but they're three and seven, and that's just you know, it's it's not going to get the job done. I, I think he's kind of, uh, you know, no one expected the Bears to be a good team, but again, it's I don't know. I think it's kind of slightly disappointing. Uh, not the worst job in the league, but again, I, I would like to have seen a little bit more out of him if I were a Bears fan. I disagree. Okay. I have him ranked at 18. Yeah. Um, why? More on Mitchell's side. I, uh, again, I guess I don't know, and none of it, no one really knows who was responsible, but for transforming this offense, because they've really just transformed this offense to fit Justin Fields' suit his uh, skill set the best that they can the past couple weeks. So for that switch, that's why I had him at 18. Like That's like the strong positive I have from Eberflus. Again, don't know. I would think the head coach has a hand in that, but he is defensive-minded, I guess. So I don't know who is responsible for that, him or uh, the OC. But Yeah, I'd um, say that'd be, that's who I would place my bet on. But the defense... Like they just traded away their two best defensive players by far, and that's not his fault. Like Roquan Smith is gone, and Robert Quinn's gone. Like I just watched the game, so I know a few. But like it's hard, it's hard to even name some guys in their defense, some players. Like, yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. It's, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, some recognizable names. They had this guy, Jackson, second, secondary. It's more, it's the front seven that I think is their their problem right now. Yeah, their their secondary has actually played not bad at all. I mean, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson. I think that's a solid. Um, Good. It's a young core too. For sure, but yeah, their front seven is. Re- I I literally, I don't. I'm looking at these names. I don't know any of them. I right. I literally have never heard of any of these front seven. I'll read them to you. Travis Gibson. Anyone? Yeah, I know Travis well. He's a he's a close personal friend. Justin Jones. That sounds like a made-up person. That's a creative. That's a creative player. Ar- Armin Watts, previously that's... of Minnesota. Yeah, I know that name. I don't know that name. Uh, Al Quandin Mohammed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Jack Sanborn. Jack Sanborn. Nick... I just rewatched his game. He had a great game. He was really good. Hey, all right, there you look at that. He had an interception that got called back because of a, a dumb hands of the face penalty. I actually and didn't know who he is. Yes. He's just making tackles. He looked really well. He looked good last game. Yeah, yeah. I actually, now that you say that, I do know who that is. And then Nick Morrow. Regardless, really, like, yeah, I don't know any of these people for the most part. So, right. Yeah. But anyway, we're really splitting hairs here. It's the Bears. They're not going to win more than six games. So, I guess, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not faulting. Not going to fault Everflus. I think he's doing fine. 
Yeah, I mean, you just, at this point, you just got to really, if you're a Bears fan, I mean, you just got to really hold on to the fact that, you know, Justin Fields looks amazing. And that's all that really matters at this point. So I think that's, that's, that's an accomplishment. Um, Shreff, who is your 27th ranked coach? Um, going, I'm going back through some schedules now just to make sure. I'm actually going to make... I make a last minute switch on four and three. So I'm gonna move this guy down to four. Uh I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Lovey Smith at four. Uh hello. I more just feel bad for him. I feel like he just kinda got like forced into this spot with a roster that just like isn't is just really bad. Like it's just it's just a really bad roster. Like looking back, I'm I, I that's was certainly wrong on some on some things when it came to our predictions. One that like the moment didn't make sense and is proving why it didn't make sense still is is me thinking the texans were going to win like seven games or wherever i had them at oh like, god that's that's bad it was really bad and th- that was the one like the the south was the one that we were like all way off like we were way different on but to be fair i think i was the only one that had the titans winning the division so i feel good about that but yeah you deserve it point right now is that i i kind of just see i I think Lovey's just kind of past his prime. Once again, like another guy, like he he seems like a pretty good guy. Seems like a cool dude. Um, but I think he's just past his prime, kind of in over his head a little bit, and it's it's shown. Uh, I feel like early on the Texans seemed like a little, maybe a little frisky, like maybe gonna hang with some teams, and then it it's become clear that the only thing that they really have done well is run the ball, and even that I think is more just a reflection of Damian Pierce being as good as he is. Like if they don't have Damian Pierce, I I don't know what they do in this situation. Um, so yeah, it, it's a mix of add some bad coaching mixed with just a lack of roster talent. So that's kind of why he's at four and not higher, or my my fourth uh, first coach. Um, but yeah, so Levy Smith, I'm sorry, Levy. I, I'm sure you're a good dude, but I yeah. have him at twenty three or twenty, yeah, twenty three. So like right okay. there, I just I. I his the talent he's got is just so bad. So like, yeah, I'm not faulting. That's why right. I wanted to make sure the people understood that because I, you know, doesn't deserve this, but he's getting it. Yeah, he does deserve it. He sucks. <laughs> he's 29 for my list. I said it, bro. I said oh. it before the season. He's so bad, you guys. His, pri- you said he's past his prime. His prime hasn't been since 2010. That was 12 years ago. So he has no business being an NFL coach. Like, I, I, I don't remember the numbers, but I read off his his record at Illinois. And it was terrible. Like he has no, yeah, he has he no. Very good talk about not being qualified again. His best season, or his prime, I guess you could say, is literally like before. Like you guys were eleven years old. Like it's like just think about how long ago that was. He he's he's got to he's got to go. He's not a good coach. I mean that's just how like the NFL coaching head coaching cycle works. Like if you do well. If you go to Super Bowl, like someone will give you a second shot, like second, it, third, and fourth shot. He's like, you know, it's kind of a lifetime pass, but he's got to take well, his. He did, get, he did get fired from the Bears in 2010, if I remember correctly, and they had 10 wins. They went 10 and six, and they, he got fired, which is kind of odd. Yeah, um, and then after that, he just forgot how to coach, so he doesn't deserve to be here. And I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, really I'm sorry, Lovey, but again, I just I don't know. I I don't I think that it's not ridiculous to say he's. The second worst coach in the league. It's not ridiculous to say. 
I just feel like uh, compared to some other some other guys with the situations they're in. Oh, there's Jeez. someone worse. There's someone worse. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about him too. Um, did I forget who has said what? To be honest, I, he Lovey's my number four. You guys haven't. Seen I think it's my turn. Yeah, go ahead. So my twenty seventh, uh, Cliff. Dude stinks. I have yeah. three. He, he's who I was debating between was switching him. I was between Cliff and Eberflu, so Cliff is my honorable mention for bottom five coach. Yeah, he's just bad. He's never been... He, he hasn't proven himself to be good at any level. He just keeps failing upwards and like... I don't know. Their, ro- their roster is okay. It's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah, it's good enough. And it was not too much different than last year, and they made the playoffs. He's just not not good. Uh, Kyler, not Murray makes, Kyler Murray makes some dumb decisions, but Kyler Murray's a good enough quarterback for you to win with. It, like, yeah, right. He, I I I really feel like, I mean, I I within the media, I feel like it gets enough recognition that he's not a good coach. But like, we're also we we got to watch out. We're, we're we're officially in the back half of the season, so we're I mean, gotta. They got a favorable matchup with the Rams, but I, I, I was that's what I was looking at. I want to see who they play after this. Right, they yeah. go Niners, Chargers, Niners, Chargers, Patriots. I mean, Patriots and Chargers aren't like anything crazy, but like there's some games that he could he could prove maybe maybe he's turned a corner. You know, who knows? I mean, they haven't gone off to good start, so maybe it's going to be the opposite this year. That's what I mean. Who knows? What are they right now? Four and six. I think yeah, so. Four, four and six, and yeah, I agree. I mean, I. I had him just here, like right on the outside. Like he, I could easily have put him at five. Um, you, you'd think if they had a different coach, they'd have at least one to two more wins. They'd be a five and five or six and four team at this point. So, um, yeah, two losses. I know the Seahawks have, are obviously outperforming anyone's expectations, but get swept by the Seahawks, which preseason you look at that and you're like, you're definitely winning one, probably two of those games. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, much, much uh, left to be desired there in Arizona. Um, so he was both your number uh, twenty-eight. Cliff was my. Cliff was my three. My twenty-seven. Treff's twenty-eight. Okay. Uh, so I guess I say my four. Yeah. Uh, which is Nathaniel Hackett. Won't talk about him yet. I won't either. Okay. I got some stuff to say about Mr. Hackett. Yeah, it's um Yeah, it's it's not good, man. I mean they they have the I think worst points per game and they have the best defensive points allowed. I think I also saw something they scored if they scored just eighteen points per game on offense. 18, just literally 18 points per game. They would, instead of what are they, three and six? I think they're three and six. Yep. I think instead of three and six, I think they said they'd be six and three. No, they would be eight and one. They'd be eight and one. That is crazy. I'm pretty sure I, I, I heard the same stat. And that yeah, is I'm crazy. 18 eight and one. That's not, that's, that's, that's really bad. Yeah. I really didn't think. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't super high on the Broncos. I think I had them like eight and nine or something, or nine and eight. I I was right around five hundred, but like this is this is really bad. 
I'll just go on him too. I I'll reveal it. I'll, he's my number one. Saucy's wow. my number one as well. I could go on for days about this man. Like Russ says, some blame. Like he doesn't look good for sure. But there's talent there. I know they lost their running back, but running backs are replaceable now, and they have receivers to throw to that should be better utilized. The defense is in, is incredible, but how you can't think much of that is his doing. Him being a offensive coordinator for his whole career, um, it's just really bad. It sucks. He's a likable guy, but I don't know. It's really bad. It really sh- goes to show that like not every great coordinator is su- suited to be a head coach. We'll talk about another one soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What you want to add? You know, for me with him, I think the reason why he ended up as my one is just like he there hasn't even been like a flash of him being good. Like, yeah. from, like, like from the first snap of the first like he came in being like the offensive like guru, like he was Rogers's guy. Like this is the guy that was going to you know, they're going to bring Russ in and these two are going to combine and they're going to lead this offense. And they're like, this is what it's going to be. And from the first snap of the season, there hasn't been a single moment where I've been like, oh, wow, like, the, like I, I can see what this offense could, could look like. Like, it, it has been, it's been so bad every week, and this defense has bailed them out a million times, and they, they can't do any. Like, how many games have we watched with the Broncos where there's, like, two quarters of just three and out for, for the opposing team's offense, Broncos get it back, and you're like, all they got to do is get points here, and, and, and we're good to go. And they can't get points. <laughs> yeah, it's every yeah, so time. Their only three wins are they beat the Jaguars in London, which Trevor Lawrence threw that game away at the end. Uh, they struggled to beat the Texans at home earlier in the season. Like very much struggled. And uh, I'm blanking on their other win. Yeah, was it the Raiders? Maybe. Might have no, been. surprisingly, it was the 49ers, 11-10 on Sunday Night Football. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. yeah. Oh, that was when Jimmy G stepped out of bounds. I bet the Niners in that game. Yeah, right. They're just so bad. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's lost to the Raiders and the Colts, and the Colts only scored field goals on them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... look at look at this, guys. Look look at the scores of these games. It's absolutely ridiculous. Sixteen seventeen loss. Sixteen nine win. Eleven ten win. Then it was 32-23 loss. Then 12-9 loss, all field goals. 19-16 overtime loss. 16-9 loss. 21-17 win and 17-10 win. That is ridiculous. So bad. And like and and like he he was supposed to be like the quarterback, like guru, like whisperer, like Aaron Rodgers swears by this guy. And he gets Russell Wilson and they they physically can't score points. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I trust Aaron Rodgers. He dated that girl's name. What are her name? Blue Sky Blue or Earth Earth is Blue or whatever. So I don't know if I trust Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I mean, I trust him when it comes to football. I don't trust him with anything else. But like, but the one thing I do trust him with is is knowing football. So like, you, you would have thought. Yeah. Um, wow, you guys are making me rethink it. I had him at I had him at twenty six, but. Oh, sorry, twenty-seven. No, or they number- have weapons. They have weapons. Like Jerry Judy's hurt now, but like they like Cortland Sutton's a legit wide receiver. Like I under, like Russ hasn't looked good this year. I agree, Russ hasn't looked good, but he's still Russell. Like Russell Wilson has shown a million times why he 
why they made the trade that they made for him. Like it made sense in the moment. Like that this isn't yeah. just Russ. Like it, it this is it's it's at a point where it's like I can't un, like I can't wrap my head around it. It doesn't compre it doesn't compute in my in my head how this is happening. Right. Um Okay. Is there anyone that you guys haven't Well I I don't I mean, we're I'm sure. Talking about, I feel like we're just talking about him now. <laughs> there's one guy, and he's my number one. And yeah, we could, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll just quickly say my number uh, three worst, which I don't know if you guys have on the list. I have Dennis Allen. He was he was right on the fringe for me. Jack, uh, where do you have Allen? Same. He's my twenty-eight, my third worst. Yeah, it's just. I mean, again, this Saints roster. I know, and it's not. Good. It's not terrible. I mean, it's I, not I, it's not good either, for sure. But there's worse rosters out there. Sure. Um, and again, I, I was listening to part of my take today. Uh, I think it was Monday's episode. And they made a really good point. Like, why? I know they're very biased and they love Jameis Winston. Um, but it really doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand why. what's the point of playing Andy Dalton, which... Like Jameis Winston, I feel like has a li- has more a little bit more upside than Andy Dalton. I feel like you might as well just give him snaps, unless he's still hurt. But they've been weird about it though. Like one week it was like it looked like he was like gonna play, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. Now I think this week they already ruled him out, and they were like he's not one hundred percent. But like we thought he was. Like I, it, they've handled whether or not they have any control over it. They've still handled it very poorly. It hasn't made any sense. Exactly. So again, I mean, a, a lot of people. I mean, I don't think Jack and I agree. You know, a lot of people think the Steelers are a bottom five team in the league. And, you know, I feel like we dominated that game for the most yeah. part. So, um, yeah, it's just I don't think he's done a good job whatsoever. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's an appropriate spot for him. Maybe, I could have maybe had Hackett uh, as ranked worse than him. But, again. A lot of bad coaches. It's okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about the worst one. My number one. Where do you guys have him? Twenty-nine. Yeah. Okay. So he's 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 our consensus number one worst coach. I think. We talk about yeah. him without even saying his name. Should we? Should we just continue with? I think so. Him? I don't even know if it's it. It, it feels disgusting that. saying his name. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. We'll, we'll just talk about his team. One who shall not be named. He sucks, man. This team, <laughs> talk about talent. This team is more talented than any team we've talked about so far. Uh-huh, by far. How do you? I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe not by far. And honestly, Denver might be more talented. I don't. Think I don't agree with that because I, the one defense I'll have for him is that Darren Weller has not been very available this whole season. They just placed Hunter Renfro on IR as well. So outside of Devontae. Mac Hollins and Foster Moreau, like it's not great. I would argue that they weren't even using Waller. He wasn't. They using weren't Waller even when he was healthy. That that that's where a lot of my concern was coming from early on, and now it's obviously devolved into just a complete issue. But I mean, this this Sunday just put the nail on the coffin, guys. Yeah, right. You can't you lose that game. Lose. You can't lose that game. I mean, I it was my lock of the week. I knew they would. I just that was that was the more of an indictment on how. Poorly, I've thought of the Raiders. They just, and that was my main concern. I had them in last in the division in the AFC West. Whereas initially in the offseason, I had the Raiders, I think, in the top, either winning or second in the division. Then I did a complete 180. I really cooled on them because I really thought about Josh McDaniels. And I'm like, I really don't believe him in at all. I don't, 
I don't think he knows. I don't think he has what it takes to be a coach, a head coach in the NFL. And it's been completely validated and backed up throughout this season. Um, yeah, you, you just, you, they can't beat anyone right now. And that's why I said last week, they have no business being six. Why were they six point favorites? They had no business being that. They shouldn't be favorites against anyone. Maybe Houston, maybe. But it's just, it's bad. It's worse than anyone really thought too. Like yeah. they play the Raiders this week. So it's going to be a real, they play who real suck fest. I'm uh, sorry that the Raiders play the Broncos this week. So. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a real, real bad. Like, look at, look at this. They've lost. They, they got shut out by the saints who we just, we just poo pooed on the saints for about two minutes. <laughs> we did poo poo on them. Not only did they get shut out by the saints, they didn't cross midfield till three minutes left in the game. <laughs> If Devontae Adams, like that, like we, we've talked about Devontae Adams, like Josh Jacobs is also having like the best season of his career and like, there's just nothing to show for it. Like I, God, it's completely in vain. Derek Carr isn't a, isn't a great quarterback, but he's a very serviceable quarterback and it, Oh, uh, I'll, I'll just keep talking. Um, like it is, it it is a crime, but it is a crime what this man has done to this offense. Like it, there's no consistency with it. Like you, you, we never know what to expect every game. Like Monte Adams week one had like, it felt like he had like 25 catches and then like, we didn't hear about him for like three, like it, there's no consistency. It's, right. Darren Waller before he got hurt, wasn't being used, which makes zero sense in my mind. Still makes no sense. He's on IR now. So like, we're not even really getting to see what that could look like. And the most important part is, especially over the last couple of weeks, based on like Devontae Adams made some comments, their cars like balling his eyes out at the podium. Like it, it seems like he's also just lost the locker room at this point, which is kind of the final straw normally that leads to a coach getting getting booted out of here. But like, it, and like him and Hackett both, like it seemed like they were walking into perfect situations and they've both completely ruined those like worse than I thought was possible. Um did I send what Mark Davis sent said about McDaniels? Said he's their guy, right? He said they believe in him. After the game, Mark Davis says, per the Las Vegas Review Journal, I like Josh. I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why we hired him. We did an exhaustive search and found the person we believe is going to bring the Raiders to greatness. You can't Face. He just lied. He, he lied. That's, <laughs> how is he doing a fantastic job? How do no, you? It's a lie. It's just a like lie. you don't. You don't have to say that he's. You don't have to like completely throw him under the bus and criticize him. But you don't have to say that. You don't right. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Carr was blubbering him. over his words like twenty minutes before that. Like he like it's not going well. <laughs> and after like every game, it's like uh, before even before McDaniel's like goes to the press conference, like. I heard that like the press conference even like held up for a few minutes because like he has these like private meetings with Al or Mark whatever Davis with the bad haircut is there, uh like I they have these like secret meetings like immediately after the game it's very weird what's going on. All I gotta say for this and we can move on to our picks because we've spent enough time talking about these buffoons <laughs> is uh, justice for Rich Basekia man he should he should be here. Yeah, yeah. I, like 
I think, do we talk about, when did we talk about this? Oh, we, we talked about it in the group texting chat. about it, yeah. We were talking about it in the group chat, yeah, but it's just like, I, I think I, I said, like, seemed like all the players there loved playing for him, and especially if, like, how this is going, dude, like, I feel like you gotta, sometimes you gotta trust, like, what you're seeing in the locker room and with the coach, like, instead of trying to make a big brain play, like, oh, here, here we go, like, this is, this is what we had to, like, it. oh, man. What so if what Daniels after the season they hire Basikia back? That'd be funny. Yeah, it'd it'd be, be a smarter move. It's like it. the only the only dumb move that they can make is is keeping him. It's the only dumb move they can make. Exactly. Only you, you, you can't get worse. I don't think. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I think the, I think literally the only worst hire you could make at this point is Urban Meyer. That's the only yeah, worst yeah. hire you can make at this point. Maybe. Yeah, probably. So, so yeah. Or there, um, there you go, Josh McDaniels. You're better than Urban Meyer. I'll give you that one. Could I? I know we've been talking about coaches for a while, but can I? Since I have, I ranked all of mine. Can I just run through the list that I have? My power rankings, real quick. Sure. My power rankings. They're just rankings. I'll call them power rankings to make them more powerful. Um, I'll say the tiers too. First tier. Definitively done a good job this year. One, Brian Dable. Two, Robert Sala. Three, Pete Carroll. Four, Andy Reid. Five, Mike Rabel. Six, Nick Sirianni. Seven, Kevin O'Connell. Eight, Mike McDaniel. Nine, Bill Belichick. Okay. Next year, uh, good this year, but for some reason, just a step below, I'd say. Ten, Jim Harbaugh. Eleven, Sean McDermott. Twelve, Kyle Shanahan. Thirteen, Ron Rivera. You said Jim Harbaugh, but other than that, okay. Yeah, not Jim Harbaugh. Doing a good job in Michigan, though. Um, next tier, just like okay. Um, maybe not. Just okay. 14, Arthur Smith. 15, Mike McCarthy. 16, Mike Tomlin. 17, Zach Taylor. 18, Matt Eberflus. 19, Dan Campbell. And 20, Doug Peterson. And then last year, definitively bad. And this 21, number 21 may be controversial, but 21, Matt LaFleur. 22, Sean McVay. 23, Lovey Smith. 24, Todd Bowles. 25, Brandon Staley. 26, Stefanski. 27, Cliff. 28, Dennis Allen. 29, McDaniels. 30, Hackett. Yeah. I have no real qualms. Hearing... Hearing Lafleur and McVeigh that low sounds weird, but like you're you're not wrong, but it sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, please, if you have any qualms, send send them uh, our way, and we can we can report. All right. Time for sportsbook donation of the week. Week going into week eleven edition. Uh, allow me to recap how we did. Uh, previous week, I don't know. Did I say it on air or before we started recording? I don't know. I'll just repeat it if I if I if I already did say it. But we all went two and one last week, uh, so no uh, ground is either gained or lost in our standings. Uh, I had the Colts plus five and a half. They won outright. Thank you, Jeff. Saturday, I had the Chargers plus seven. They just squeaked that out. They lose by six to the Niners on Sunday Night Football. However, I had the Commanders Eagles under forty four. And uh, the commanders almost went over that themselves with a surprising performance of the week. 
Shreff had Cowboys minus five. They lost outright to the Packers. Uh, he had Steelers plus one and a half. Very good pick there. And uh, Seahawks Bucks under 44 and a half. And that uh, was looking a little dicey at the end, but it did. A little scary. I, I was confident up and like I was completely confident up until like six minutes left. And then the last six minutes were a little, got a little interesting. Yeah. We were, we're a little scoring good. run there. Uh, right. Jack goes with the Titans minus two and a half. Wise pick because the Broncos are uh, trash. Poopy. Uh, the Giants minus five and a half, and they beat the Texans by eight, I believe. And he had his impromptu Thursday night football pick of the uh, Falcons and Panthers of over 42 and a half. And uh, that did not make it. The weather was terrible. So <laughs> that's it. You, Jack texted like like 30 seconds into the game. It was like, this was such a He's mistake. He's like, this is dead. Yeah, and he was correct. Dude, I, I willed that game to be close. It was 40 points. He did. He did. I was like a field goal off. Oh. Like, it wasn't that bad. Okay, keep telling yourself that. Um, well, I, I mean, I guess you should be thankful because, Amber, if, if that did hit, I think you verbally agreed to pick the Thursday yeah. night game every single time. So now you're not oh, bound. Uh, the standings right now, I'm still in first at 15, 11, and 1. Treff's in second at 13 and 14, and Jack at third at 11 and 16. Um, with that being said, I have the first pick here, and I'm going to go with... My most confident pick of the week, and that is Giants minus three. Is they are they three on Fanduel? Just want to confirm. Yes, I say this every week. I have to re-download Fanduel so I confirm these lines, but I never do. I always forget it out until this moment. Uh, the Giants are seven and two against the spread this year, and that is the best record in the league, tied with the Titans. The sports books continue to disrespect them. And I mean, if you're telling me that the three-point handicap is real, and they really do give three points to the home team, are you telling me that the Lions and the Giants are equal teams on a neutral field? That makes no sense whatsoever. The, the Giants should be, in my opinion, like six-point favorites in this game. Three, it, that's just way too low. And after that wacky line against the Jags where they were underdogs, I'm done trying to play the mind games at the sportsbook of the Giants. They're a good team. They're 7-2. and two, And... I'm sorry, I like the Lions, you know, they're they're a fun team to root for, but it's just objectively like this seems like a bad line. And I feel like they the books have gotten burned by the Giants. Like I don't know what it is, what their deal is with them. Like do they just like they must hate them for some reason because this line makes no sense. Like why why would these teams be equal? Uh, that concept makes no sense to me. So the Giants minus 3, they're going to win by at least a field goal for sure. Um, um, there's one total that I really like. I'm debating if I want to take it now just in case. Uh, I take the total and I'm going to go from there. I'm, I'm going to take my total first. I'm going to take, I'm going homegrown. I'm going to take the Colts Eagles over 43 and a half. Uh, as my first pick. Sorry, say that again. Uh, Colts Eagles over forty three and a half. Okay. Um, as I talked extensively about, this run defense does not look good. Um, Colts have a running back who's pretty good at football. Last time I checked, 
Um, and yeah, up until that, I can see that they're going to fix this run defense. I don't like see how they're going to really be able to stop teams that have a good running game. I'd imagine that I, like I, I can already kind of picture Jonathan Taylor maybe breaking off a big one here and there. And then on the flip side, I'm I'm also imagining that that this Eagles offense is gonna get a little more time of possession, be able to kind of establish some stuff a little bit. And I think more than anything, I think the Eagles are gonna come out a little bit angry maybe after this first loss. So I'm hoping that they maybe take it out on the Colts. So either way, I think points are gonna be scored. I'm gonna take over 43 and a half. I like that one. Yeah, I feel I, I I feel okay about it. I I think I think either way, like I think even if the Eagles do kind of get out to a pretty big lead, I this defense I don't know if it's going to be holding up right now either way. So I I feel good about points. What that does tell me though, at least what I infer, is that if you went with your total first, that means in my opinion you don't feel too confident in these lines. There's there, there's two that I'm looking at that I like, but. I feel much more confident about that total. So I, I would have been upset if I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. Jack, your uh, two picks. My first one, um, taking the Eagles. Eagles minus six and a half. Um, I feel like this could be a little bit on a discount coming off the loss. People may think they're not as good as they th- as they are, and Colts could be overvalued because they just beat a horrible Raiders team, um, and possibly Jeff Saturday's leadership can only last so far. Like getting guys to play for him, like you got to call a good game at some point. So Eagles can definitely expose that, and I could see them. Winning by two touchdowns. Okay. They should. I think they should win by two touchdowns. Like you're. I feel like you're saying that to jinx them. I mean, I'm. I hope I'm wrong. Like I, if the Eagles lose, I'll be happy enough. Like I don't care about my luck. If the Eagles like, lose, this this show next week is going to be a problem. Then. Right. Like <laughs> that's why I'm legitimately rooting for. I always root against the Eagles, but like I do not care about my luck at all. But I just objectively seeing this like they are a ton better than the colts yeah now my next pick um there's two totals i like i'm gonna do niners cardinals over 43 and a half Just feels like two little points. I know it's a primetime game and there's weird primetime overs, but like those offenses can both score. Yeah, that's really all I got. <laughs> what is it? What, what is it? 43 and a half? Yeah. And good analysis. Good analysis there. Hey, I mean, if, if you like the over, that I mean, that I mean, that would be the reason why, I guess. Like the the Diners got a good defense, but their offense is. Just as good, maybe, and the uh, Cardinals' strong suit is their offense. So their defense isn't great. So I think that's a recipe for points. It's also in Mexico City, hmm. so that could be more points. Okay, yeah, so it could be. 
Seref, uh, I hope I, I'm debating between two. So I hope you do. I hope you take one of mine, um, so I can make my decision easier. Yeah, uh, I don't feel great betting about this team, but I feel good betting about the situation. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams plus three and a half at New Orleans uh, for my first spread. Um, I obviously Cooper Cup getting hurt is certainly not ideal, but uh, one gets taken away, one comes back. I believe I saw that Matt Stafford's going to play as far as I saw today. Um, so that, that's certainly... I don't want to watch John Wolf. I said he was a he was a full participant in practice. So okay. so he'll be good to go. I I never want to see John Wolford step on a football field ever again. Um, and this is also just the trust Sean McVay bet. I after a loss like that and like getting your getting your guy back at quarterback, I have a hard time believing that McVay isn't going to come out with a pretty solid game plan. Um, and hoping that I'm right, I picked up Kyron Williams in about like 15 different leagues. Um, so I'm hoping that he uses him a little bit more in training camp and in the offseason. McVay hinted at him having a very big role. Then he got hurt. Back now, the running game has not been good. Cam Akers is non-existent. Darrell Henderson is fine, but more of a rotational back, I think. So I'm hoping that Williams steps up and shows that maybe this week. And also, the Saints aren't very good. And Andy Dalton at quarterback again. I think this Rams team is going to come out uh, maybe a little bit a little bit upset about last week. Stafford back. Rams plus three and a half. You know what, Shref? Um They could be pissed off about last week, but I don't think they can do anything about it because that don't yeah. really good. So um, I don't agree. Honestly, I would pick the Saints. I don't feel strong enough to pick it. I don't think, but. I would lean Saints in this game. The Saints get, even the Saints getting points? Yeah. Interesting. Because Rams are just so bad. They're all I agree. I agree they're not good. I, I, like I said, I don't, I, I don't feel good about betting on the team. I just feel good about betting on the situation. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, I really I can't decide. I'm between two, and I really like them both. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with the Titans plus three and a half. About it. Three. Oh. What is it? Three. Oh, it's three. Okay. That's fine. I'll still take it if it's a field goal game. I'll take a push. Um, Titans also have a seven-two record against the spread this year. Um, again. Going with the giving the home team three point handicap rule, uh, I don't really. Even though the Packers did have an impressive win last week, I still don't really think that these teams are a neutral. Are neutral on a are sorry are the same on a neutral field. I'd still definitely give a slight lean to the Titans overall, um, and if that wasn't a deal breaker enough. The Titans, which I mean, I think it's fair to say that the Packers, both the Packers and the Titans, um, especially the Titans, strong suit is on the running game uh, with, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, Derrick Henry. And I'm just pulling it up real quick. That's why I'm kind of stalling here. But rushing yards allowed. Oh, man, I'm taking a while to uh, 
sorry to pull this up here. The point is, you know, a tiebreaker, right? The Packers are 26th against the run. They let up 146 rush yards per game. And Tennessee's second with 85.1 rush yards per game. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the Titans there. I think that line's a, a mistake. I feel like it should be... I don't know. I still feel like the Titans should be favored, to be honest. I don't know if they're just trying to trap people, but it just seems like a mistake to me. Oh, I'm up again. What am I doing? Sorry. Um, so, yeah. Titans plus three is my uh, is my second pick. And for my total, I was big between two. Uh, however, I'm going to go with... I'm going to double up. Can you guys guess what game it's going to be? So either Lions, Giants, or Titans, Packers? Uh, um, well, I think you're going to take... I think you're going to... I think you're going to take the the third and under. Yeah, that's what I figured too. Or you or you're taking the over in the Giants Lions maybe. That's, yeah, I immediately thought oh, I look I would like the over in the Giants game, but I think he's going to there's an under. You guys are both incorrect. There's an night over? Incorrect again. Giants under. We have the Lions Giants under 45. Ooh. Is it 45? For you guys? Uh, 44 and a half. 44 and a half doesn't matter. I'll take it anyway. Um, I couldn't find the exact stat for Daniel Jones because I know he hasn't played every single game since his rookie year. Um, However, I found this instead because I I knew of the Daniel Jones stat. But since 2019, the Giants' unders at home are 21-7-1, which is the best in the league by a wide margin. Wow. So I don't know whether what it is. Like just they play better defense at home or whatnot. But yeah, it, it's like an it's like an outlier. Um yeah. like compared to like the rest of the league. So and again, I, I feel like maybe the giant sorry, this line is even a little bit inflated, to be honest, because of the Lions when their offense is clicking, it can score points. And they're they're coming off a 31 point game against the Bears. However, the Giants' defense is better than the Bears for sure. Um, and I think they're gonna. This is a game where they're gonna have a tough time scoring the Lions. And the Giants aren't blowing the doors off anyone offensively. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do think I'm confident in 44 and a half. I think that's a little too high. I would I would expect this to probably be similar to what it was last week against the Texans, which was 41. I'd say 41, 42 is where I would I would set the line personally. So I can see this definitely being like a uh, 20 to 20 to 13 game Giants win. I don't think the Lions are going to be able to do much offensively. So I might be interested in doing a little parlay of the Giants minus three under under the total and uh, maybe Saquon over rush yards because the Lions run defense is awful. So I might, might look to do that. So that's my pick. Oh man. Two that I'm looking at. Debating which team I trust more. I got two. I'm hoping you take one. Ah man. Or do I trust a coach? 
think I'm going to trust a coach, boys. I think I'm going to trust a coach. Yeah, really? I'm going to trust a coach. I'm going to take the Patriots minus three and a half against the Jets. My second one. I know it's a risky one. The Jets have been a very scrappy team this year and winning a bunch of games that no one thought they could win. I think this Patriots team just kind of keeps hanging around. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to find out the last time the Jets beat the Patriots. I believe it's been maybe five or six years. Give me one second. Don't be a prisoner of the past, Jeff. This is a different Jets team. This is, this is certainly a different Jets team. I understand. I completely understand. I'd like it better if it was two and a half. I agree. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I can't find what date it was, but I, I saw it today. It was, it's been like five or six years. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think both, team, both teams are coming off of buys, right, if I'm not mistaken? Um, yes. I think, yep. I think even Belichick, an extra week to prepare against Zach Wilson is certainly helpful. Um, I know that the Jets' defense is good. I still think that the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball a little bit on the, on the ground. Um, I think this is definitely going to be a low-scoring game for sure. Um, but I, I'm trusting in Bill Belichick, and I'm trusting in, Bill, in a Bill Belichick defense against Zach Wilson, who has not been good this year. I think you'll maybe see some, maybe some dumb decisions, uh, maybe a fumble here or there, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots minus three and a half. I'm going to trust Bill Belichick. Could bite me in the butt. Certainly could, but I'm going to hope that it doesn't. Um, okay, fair enough. Jack, what's your final pick? I... Mitchell Stewart is going to win on Sunday. Well, that was my other one that I was going to pick. So, um, I'd be full, fully. I mean, I I think it. I think we're going to at least cover. Yep, I'm going to take the Steelers. I was thinking about not taking them because I'm just too nervous, but uh, I'll just do it. Um, how the Steelers will win? Well, Mitchell, we got the Mike Tomlin home underdog stat. Can you say the line? Three and a half in favor of the Bengals. So Steelers plus three and a half is what I'm taking. Worked last week, by the way. Yeah, um, I have it. Tomlin, uh, as a home underdog uh, in his coaching career, is 15-3-3 against the spread, which is 15% better than the second best rate as a home underdog in that span since 2007. Right. In a wide margin has the best record against the spread as a home underdog. Um, Steelers defense, rush defense is like silently, not like quietly, like doing pretty well. Um, I don't remember if I checked before. I think I checked after the game. We're sixth in the league in rush yards allowed. Um, last week, we, we only let up 29 yards in the ground against the Saints, which is a very low number. Um, like 1.9 yards per carry. TJ Watt's back. Um, our past game is what's been more vulnerable throughout the year, but um, I feel like we might. I know Minka had uh out of the blue like uh an appendectomy, 
<laughs> last week or something, but like he was like almost ready to go and really wanted to play on Sunday, but didn't. I kind of feel like he may be playing Sunday. We probably we might get a Kel Willis soon back. I know AJ Brown torched him, but uh, Demonte Casey just got elevated off IR or activated last week, and he played really well. Levi Wallace had a great game last week. Hoping he can build upon that. And the Bengals are without their best receiver still, Jamar. So uh, I could see the path there. And hopefully our rush game, I said it in our Steelers talk, um, can build upon what we had last week. Bengals, you can run on them. Uh, hopefully Kenny can uh, just not turn the ball over, which he did last week. And uh, that would be a recipe to win, especially at home. Uh with TJ Watt in week one, we beat them on the road. So I don't know. I, I could see us being, being in a field goal game and even winning. So there you have it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, just to recap, uh, I have the Giants minus three, Titans plus three, and the Lions Giants under 44 and a half. Treff has the uh, Rams plus three and a half. Patriots minus three and a half, and the Eagles Colts over 43 and a half. Jack has Eagles minus six and a half, Steelers plus three and a half, and Niners Cardinals over 43 and a half. We will see how that transpires. Um, a lot of low totals this week. Uh, I, is there anything that any other honorable mentions you guys want to shout out real quick before we, before we sign off? I, uh, I really wanted to take the Chiefs, but a divisional matchup in L.A., not not in Kansas City, it scared me a little bit. Yeah, actually, lean Chargers in that one. That's what, like, when when I first saw the lines, I saw Chiefs minus five and a half, and I was like, oh, that feels like free money. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know. Like, looking at it now, I, I do think if I was to make a bet on it, I, I might end up going Chargers when the when the time comes. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's that. I, I don't really feel too passionate about other spreads. A lot of uh, I, I didn't like a lot of the. I, I, that's why I took the total first. A lot of these spreads I didn't feel very good about. I, I do. I do like the over in the Rams Saints. I do think it's. I don't know. It's thirty eight and a half on DraftKings. That seems a little. Yeah. That seems a little too low. Um, I, I think don't that, think that's too low. Really? Okay. I don't. I don't see how this Rams offense is gonna. Cooper Cup was there. Everything. I just don't see how they're gonna do anything. I find out. I don't know. We'll find out. Like, like I said, I, my both of my both of my spread picks were were coaching based. I just I, I trust McVeigh. I don't know. Like I, it, it feels like the feels like the Rams have hit rock bottom. I, I can't see McVay going lower than that, so I don't know. And especially with them getting points against a New Orleans team that just like clearly isn't good. Like I just I'm gonna trust it. Right. Okay. Well there you have it, folks. That is today's episode. Uh thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our coaches segment there. And uh if any any coaches were listening, um just know it, it's not personal. Um, except, you, except you, Josh McDaniels. You, it is yes, personal with you. Uh, I don't care if we burn that bridge. Um, so, yes, be sure to share the show with anyone that you feel like may enjoy it. And enjoy football, folks. Um, always take a second to um, 
take in the moment and enjoy the beauty of this game that we love. So uh, there you have it. Uh, stay tuned for, we might do a little, uh, I mean, we do it every year. I do a little DraftKings Thanksgiving contest. So if anyone's interested in that, um, trying to make it uh, bigger this year than we ever have. Um, I always love doing that. So um, yeah, stay tuned. World Cup this week too. I'm pumped. I know Jack's not. Jack couldn't care less. True. He says true. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we will catch you next week in our episode. See you. Thoughts, prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, Kevin Ware, Armpit Hair, Evil Lairs, Nightmares, and Prickly Pears. Ooh, Prickly Pears.